0: in this episode of the locked on nba big board podcast me and my co-host leaf chulene we are going to discuss some of the players that will be headed to chicago where they're probably there now for the big g lead elite camp stay tuned to hear our thoughts on our top five prospects that we think a few of them if they perform well can get the big call up to the nba combine later on in the week stay tuned Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. I am your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies and my co-host today. Nobody better to have on a show when we're talking about a G League elite camp because nobody watches more basketball, college basketball, than Leif Tuline. So I know he is going to know the prospects. Sometimes it's easy to know the top 20, the top 50, the top 10, the lottery guys. But you really have to watch a lot of film and a lot of college basketball to know these guys in the elite camp. Because these are basically guys that are fighting at best for to be the 61st player drafted. Well, I guess this year it's a little different since there's only 58 picks. But these guys are fighting for... You know, exhibit tens. I mean, there's three two ways this year, so that that helps. But you really have to know your stuff to know these guys. So, Leaf, you watch a lot of college basketball. What are your thoughts on the G League Elite, the crop, the crop of players that that are in this camp?
1: I think this could be more fascinating than the combine in terms of the competition because the combine. We've discussed this. A lot of the top players aren't playing like like legitimately playing they're 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 interviewing a couple of them will do drills even the ones that perform well early are going to get pulled out by their agents say you know you solidified your draft stock so these guys are fighting for a chance to be drafted and i think the competition level will be really really fun Uh, i'll be in chicago for the combine and seeing this list i i almost wish i were there for for the g league night camp i'm not ignite sorry that's just a it's stuck in my head the g league (laughs) camp A G League Elite camp it is, and because I think I think there's a real possibility some of these type of guys can rise because a lot of them are either older, which is a which is a pitfall, or they're really athletic but a little raw. And I think that could be something that more team both of those things are more are going to be more coveted by teams that have followed the Grizzlies model of taking like a David Roddy. And I think there's guys that can kind of follow that in this camp.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Unfortunately, I won't be there because. It takes place on Mother's Day weekend. My son is will be 10 months old on the 13th. So, you know, first Mother's Day for my wife. And Yeah, it just wouldn't be a good look for me to not be there, even though I've talked to two guys and all week I've been talking to guys. Hey, when are you getting to Chicago? Two guys told me that they had booked their flights to Chicago and did not realize it was Mother's Day weekend. So I'm like, yeah, you guys are going to be in big, <laughs> big trouble. So I won't be there uh, until Monday morning. And yeah, the part that you said that is really fascinating is that this camp may be, or more than likely, it will be more competitive than the actual NBA combine because guys are competing, and they're really fighting for an opportunity to stay longer. I know last year, I can't think of his name. There was a guy... He got invited. He started off in the G League camp, ended up getting invited to the NBA Combine. I can't think of his name. I can see his face. I remember. Kenny Lofton. No, it wasn't Kenny. Um, I remember. He- I-, I think he went to Seton Hall. I remember
1: hearing the conversation uh, with his agent. Oh, uh, I know who it is. Um, one second.
0: I can't think of his name, but I remember
1: hearing the conversation Even with Samuel's.
0: His- no, it wasn't him. Um, uh, oh, this is bothering me. He. I remember basically. I'll, I'll get it. Keep keep going. His agent was saying, like, yeah, we we packed enough clothes to be here for a whole week. That's how determined he was. And so there is going to be a little bit more intensity. I talked to an agent yesterday that <laughs> represents uh, it's a guy. Jared Roden. It's Jared yes, Roden. Jared Roden. Jared Roden. Yeah. yeah. I talked to an agent yesterday who represents a guy that I have in my top 20. I know you're pretty high on him. I won't mention the name. And uh, he's like, yeah, I mean, Hopefully my guy plays well on the first day of camp and then, you know, well, he's got a hit pointer (laughs) and and that's it. So basically a lot of agents in the NBA combine are hoping their guy has a strong first day of performing. And then after that, you know, they don't have to come play the second day. Well, I don't see that really happening in the G league elite combine because or G league elite camp, because everybody there is hoping to stay in Chicago a little bit longer. All right, so let's go down some of the names. When you look at this list, who is the first name that stands out to you as someone that you are really interested in seeing?
1: I think the first one for me is Tristan da Silva. I I think he's not the flashiest name, but I saw a lot of him being kind of in the Rocky Mountain, mountain time zone, playing at Colorado, Pac-12 schools. Uh he's different than his brother, who was supremely skilled, just wasn't very athletic. I think he's a better athlete, and I think he'll really shoot the ball well, and he's got enough maturity from playing a couple years of college basketball to refine his game and shoot the ball well enough, defend well enough, and and make those intangible plays that his brother Oscar was known for.
0: Is he a late addition?
1: Uh, I'm not sure, but but he's on here.
0: I have a list from the G League site on May 5th. And he's not on that particular list. But I will you could be right, could be updated because I did have someone send me a, a test a text message earlier this week asking me my thoughts on him. Um because I guess he's someone that they're going to check out. But yeah, I, I think he's very intriguing. Now were you a fan of his brother?
1: I mean, I'm a Stanford guy through and through. So I was I was extremely biased, but from a draft perspective. I didn't really consider him ever because I saw him for five years at Stanford.
0: Yeah. I saw him prior to that plan for Germany, I believe. All right. My guy that is number one on my list, and this is going to be a surprise to a lot of people. It is Josian Gortman from overtime. He is a guy that was very highly recruited. I think going to overtime and I don't want to, make it sound like I'm bashing overtime, but I think going to overtime basically hit him. It took him off the radar in a sense. Overtime was definitely focusing on the Thompson twins. And I think he's someone that if he played college basketball, would have a little bit more exposure and would have a definitely a a bigger buzz. And some of the feedback I've heard surrounding him over the last few days has been, has been really good. Really good. I actually heard someone say that they believe he would be in the green room if he did not attend or did not choose to play for overtime. Have you had a chance to watch a little bit of, of Gortman?
1: I've seen him in in games that I was focused on either of the Thompson brothers, because I've when I've evaluated uh, those games, I've just been like, I'm going to hyper focus on Amon or Osar. So I know who he is. But and I like, you know, you can kind of like when you're hyper focused, you can kind of see the periphery. But I'll I'll really have to check him out after hearing that review, because quite frankly, I'm I'm not horribly aware of his strengths and weaknesses. Just kind of know who he is from a general perspective.
0: Yeah, the reviews have been great. Um, For those that don't know, I give a quick brief scouting report. He's a good athlete. He's explosive. He is quick. He has the blow by speed to by guys even though he has good burst he does have a good change of speed he's your shifty ball handler he can shoot he can play on or off the ball he can score off dribble pull-ups he has one of my favorite traits which is offensive creativity I love guys that at the end of the shot at the end of the shot clock at the end of the shot clock I don't know why I can't talk they can go get a bucket create their own offense he's crafty I think that he has the potential to be a three-level scorer. I love that he's confident. I I love, like, irrational confident guys. And he makes the hustle plays, gets offensive rebounds. I think he's going to be a good pick-and-roll scorer. Reminds me a little bit of Dennis Schroeder. So he is about 6'2", maybe. I'm not – it'll be interesting to see what he measures out at. But I know he has really long arms as far as his wingspan. And he's got a little bit of the of Dennis's, you know, Dennis is confident, right? And sometimes, you know, Dennis's confidence leads to some some crazy shots and it leads to him thinking that he was gonna get a hundred million or eighty million and he turned that down. But I've been a big fan of Dennis. So Jazzy and Gortman is a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing. I think it'll be like a breakout party for him because he has been pretty much hidden in the in the overtime elite system because he is not one of the Thompson twins. All right. When we return, we'll talk about a few other players in this G League elite camp that we're looking forward to seeing. But if you're looking to put a, together a winning team or championship team, you know, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay motors with the eBay guarantee fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right. Right the first time around so just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know when or if the part will fit or you'll get your money back because like in sports confidence is the name of the game and when you shop on ebay motors with their 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it is easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride the eBay guarantee Fit is only available to our U.S. customers. So sorry, our friends and neighbors up north in Canada and down south in Mexico. Eligible items apply. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. And our next episode will be Monday. It will be me and Leaf. And I know Monday morning early monday morning i will be on my way to the windy city and when do you get in town leaf i get in monday evening okay monday evening so i will see you And then i don't want to spoil it right now with me and leaf have uh we got a surprise for you we got a surprise for you coming up on tuesday all right next guy on your list of players at the g league elite camp that you are looking forward to seeing
1: this is a little bit of a different one. I don't think it's necessarily like I that he can crack into the top 40, but I'm curious to see the way the, I'll, I'll give a trio of guards that I think are being slept on because I think that they will be a pain to play for guys that really want to make the, the combine and are viewed that way. I think DeMoy Hodge, Kendrick Davis, and of course this hero of the madness tournament, Marquise Noel. I, I really think if they separate those three guards, on different teams or different rotations, however they may do it, one of those type of guys is going to look like the best player playing because they really know how to play. And I'm not saying the best player, but the best player in that type of scrimmage because these are guard run events. Like you saw Andrew Nemhard last year come into the combine on day yeah. two and score 26, I think it was, and they, people didn't think of him as a scoring guard and all, and then you see his success. My point being, these, these if you have a good floor general, someone who's more experienced veteran, that these are the three guys I have my eyes on that I think will really run teams and make their teammates look better and their opponents look worse. So uh, from a kind of reverse perspective right there, I'm eager to see the way all of them play. For those of you who don't know, Des Moines Hodge played at Missouri alongside Kobe Brown, who's a guy I'm pretty high on, and I've heard good things about from recently from other people. Uh, He's a point guard who gets a lot of steals, a lot of stocks, I should say, steals and blocks, uh, scores the ball pretty well. Kendrick Davis was a potential. Yeah, good shooter. (laughs) Kendrick Davis uh, was a potential All-American type of player at Memphis with uh, just scored the ball at will, knows how to get to the rim, draws free throws. I'd guess if I had to put a prediction who's going to lead the thing in scoring it, that would be my guess. And then Marquise Noel, everyone knows what he did at the Combine. Just a tenacious, gritty guard with phenomenal vision passing the ball who can also splash the long ball.
0: All right, let's take a bet. Let's make a bet. I'm not a gambler guy, but I'll bet you a Chicago-style pizza that my next player leads the elite camp in scoring. Okay. Antoine Davis. That was, that was my next guy (laughs) on my list. Yes. So I mean, 28 points a game. I recently did a, like a video breakdown for him. And this guy is, he's better than I thought he was. I knew he could score. I mean, it was obvious. And, my first time seeing him, it goes way back to when he was a freshman in high school. So I live in Dallas, and I was the team videographer for a team called API. API was a prep school that had, at the time, Trayvon Duvall, Billy Preston, Terrence Ferguson. All three guys were McDonald's All-Americans. Mark Vidal, who played for Baylor. Um, I'm missing somebody else. Um, Malik Curry, that played for West Virginia that's playing, so these guys were all I mean we were I mean we were big deals on the the travel circuit that year. I mean again, three Mcdonald's all Americans and um so we played this homeschool team in Houston, and I remember it being like this small gym that probably held like two hundred people if that, and there was this guy that was a freshman that lit us. I mean, he absolutely, I want to say he gave us, like, 30 points, all threes. And, of course, you know, there's a ninth grader that's not on your scouting report. And we came in thinking, like, we were, you know, we we were the big dogs. The goal that year was to win a national championship. We played a national schedule. And, anyway, long story short, Antoine Davis lit us up for 30 points. And here it is, like, seven years later, he is the second leading scorer in NCAA history. I mean, he is an incredible shot maker. At the time when I saw him, he was basically a three-point shooter. A lot of people kind of box him in as a three-point shooter. But he shot 41% from three on like 11.7 attempts per game. I have never seen that. And not only is he like making threes, but the difficulty in his shots was crazy. I mean one-leg threes, transition, pull-up threes, off the move. You can make a case and say he is the best shooter that we are not talking about. So what are your thoughts on Antoine Davis?
1: Yeah, he he was on my list of people I was going to bring up. The reason I didn't put him in that last discussion is I don't view him as a point guard, and I was saying the, the point guard event, but I, I would not bet against you on him leading the combine in scoring. Um, Davis, to me, has a lot of the traits that made bones highland desirable when he became a hotter commodity in the in the combine and i'm curious to see if he excels in the g league camp if he's the type of guy that can carry that type of momentum shot making prowess and doesn't matter the competition level if he's on he's on and see if he gets a crack at a late round pick he i don't have him on my board but I, once i watch that that film i'm very curious to see who i move up that i already have or who i don't have on my top 60 right now that will uh, infiltrate it yeah
0: is it's uh it's going to be interesting to see how how it all plays out all right who's next on your on your list
1: i got a pair of uh, athletic wings that are are fairly unheralded but but a lot of draft twitter will know them uh alex fudge being the first one from florida i think that his appeal is just freakish athleticism and defensive prowess uh, think of a guy like josh minot who I actually recently watched a game of his in the g league and he had a 30 piece uh, i'm not saying that's what jo- alex fudge has i liked minot a lot more than i liked fudge but it's someone i'm curious to see if his athletic traits will uh, wow enough people to see him in the combine and the second one is from a very little-known school in terms of talent production, but they do have one big player, and that is Damian Lillard. And this guy is named Dylan Jones. Yes, sir. Uh, from Weber State, he's on my list. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've got I know who Dylan Jones is because I live in Utah. I've seen him play numerous times not not in person, but I've seen him on TV numerous times. I know the guy who called the Big Sky tournament and um, was the broadcaster for it, and so I watched all those games. And you just see that he moves a little different than everyone else in the in the big sky, other than maybe like Raekwon Battle, uh, who was a transfer from Washington prior than that. Uh, Dylan Jones is someone I'm curious to see how he faces against guys with comparable athleticism. And from what I've seen about what how he performed in Portsmouth and other type of open gym type of environments, he's really excelled and shot the ball better than what was anticipated, which was not necessarily a knock, but it was like, hey, if he does this well, this is a guy that you should keep in your monitor and so far he shot the ball well and all those type of things so i hope he can carry that over
0: what do you think is his best trait
1: um it's an interesting question cuz i i think he's a guy who's good at a lot of things and not amazing at anything yet uh i would say the way he's able to attack downhill at the size he is i'm just curious if that translates to higher athleticism. But from what I've seen on, in terms of game film, that's what probably my pick, like just size and fluidity attacking.
0: I like him as a passer. I like him as a passer. It, he, he also showed the ability to score on all three levels and get to the foul line. But I really like him as a connective tissue that makes plays for others. And I think this showcase is going to be really big for him. Now, as far as Alex Fudge, Oh, man, I thought he was going to have a breakout year this year. I thought he was going to be a lot better. He looks similar to how he looked at LSU last year. For those that don't know, Alex Fudge was a freshman at LSU last year, transferred to Florida. He's 6'9". He's skinny. like I know ESPN has him like 6'9", 194. Kind of has like the Corey Brewer type build. Yeah. Um. I don't know if Brewer was 6'9", but I know Brewer was super long and and just a guy you couldn't scream. But Fudge offensively is really behind. He's really mm-hmm. behind. Over two years, 22.9% from three this year, 28% from three last year. And, you know, I mean, a guy shooting a, a bad three-point percentage is not always discouraging, but 56 and fifty eight. I mean, you can round it up. Basically, fifty eight percent career foul shooter over two years. The touch is not there, but defensively, he's intriguing because he's long, he's athletic, he can I mean, he can make hustle plays. I mean, that's probably the most you're going to get out of him offensively. But he's like a a wing shot blocker. He gets steals, so I can see where he's intriguing. And if I'm an NBA team and I believe in my shooting coach my development plan, then I'm definitely giving him one of my three two way spots. So it'll be interesting to see what he what he does in the elite camp setting. All right. Who's next on your list?
1: Uh one other wing that from a different ilk, and that's Tyler Burton from Richmond. Uh Cutter. I saw him. <laughs> yeah. I I I like the way he plays. He's old though and he doesn't jump out of the gym he doesn't shoot at a clip that's unbelievably alarming but he's good at a lot of different things uh i think he's a guy with experience that can stand out in this type of setting because it will be no nothing new to him he's made a tournament run where they won the a10 as underdogs then upset iowa with keegan murray and he was the main defender on keegan murray and he did a pretty good job and so uh he's a guy that i think could work his way into a combine invite if all things were fair uh, and and see like how this guy plays in a, in a setting like against his peers, but because he's older and not unbelievably athletic or unbelievable at shooting the ball, I wonder if they hold that against him, but it's someone that I think more people should know about.
0: He's someone that I think if he has any chemistry with whoever his point guard is, I think he can make some some noise there because he is a really good
1: Marquise Noel.
0: Yes. So I feel like there are two guys. Tyler Burton and Charles Bediaco. If you get them on a team with Marquise Noel, he's going to make them look good. If I'm an agent in this situation, I'm literally begging, hey, get my guy on a team with with Marquise because he's going to find them. And I think with, with Burton, he is a great cutter. He rebounds. I mean, he scores. But this year, his three point percentage dropped seven points. Like he was at 36. That that was the big thing. Yeah. 76. I mean, sorry, he's at 36% as a junior and as a sophomore. And it's weird. Like he had a 26% year as a freshman. And then he had two years of 36% sandwich. And then there's a 29%. His field goal percentage was pretty consistent. So that means he was more efficient everywhere else to make his field goal percentage the same with his three-point percentage dropping. He's a 76% foul shooter, around that much, but he is a great rebounder, about seven rebounds per game, and he is a tremendous cutter, and he's 6'7", like 215. So he has the body to, to, to be able to like take contact. I mean, he's the opposite of Alex Fudge. Alex Fudge is, <laughs> needs to hit the gym, but this guy has an NBA-ready body. But yeah, I, I like him. I actually thought, coming into the season, he would have been a guy that I would have pretty much guaranteed was going to be in the NBA combine. So I think the, the poor shooting this year is why he's in the G league elite camp as opposed to the NBA combine.
1: Yeah. I think one other guy, speaking of guys, you want to play with a good point guard, Marquise Noel is the best playmaking point guard. Uh, I think Tristan DeSilva Silva that I mentioned at the beginning, I think could really thrive as he's kind of got a versatile game where he's not as stupendous athlete but he's really intelligent about where to be and he can really knock down open shots so if you play him like Ishma Sue played for K-State uh, I think he could really surprise you because he'll shoot the ball very well and he's got sneaky like intangible knowing where to be um, and that's something I really admired about DeSilva when watching him play on a relatively poor Colorado team he always stood out in that like he got his nose in there for rebounding he get tip-ins back cut layup has good touch around the rim and really can shoot it so uh, following that same conversation, i, I if I were to fill his agent, I'd really love to see if he can play with Noel,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody should be lining up to play with Noel. Another guy that I would like to see is Colin Castleton. I know his season ended a little prematurely this year with with an injury. was it? I think it was a broken wrist or a broken hand or something yeah. like that? And I think he has way more game than he was able to show. Like when you watch his film, he's a guy that I'm like, why isn't he talked about more? He's skilled. He can pass. He can rebound. He's tough. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how well he shoots it in shooting drills. I think if he can stretch the floor, if he can show he can stretch the floor, which is not something that we saw a whole lot of, if he can stretch the floor, then I think he has a a real chance to be one of the the risers that, ends up um, getting to bump up to the G League. What were your thoughts on Castleton? Uh,
1: Castleton to me was why I thought Florida would be better than they were. Uh, because they can run through he's, he elevates their floor. Like, hey, you know what? Just go to this big guy. He's gonna be good offensively, good defensively. I thought defensively, he was he was okay. I, I thought he could have been better from an NBA like what I look for as an NBA defender, better at like recovering one beat, better at um, vertical rim protection, without fouling when team when guys like specifically drove at him. But I think the reason that he is an interesting adaptation is how many back to the basket big guys yeah. that play that way as their star of their team really transition as like dunker spot guys, which is what it'll need to be because he's not like a true stretch five. But I do think he's got better touch than people give him credit for.
0: Yeah, only two threes made in his career. That started off at Michigan, and ended at Florida. So I think it's very big for him to show teams that he can stretch the floor. It's kind of similar to like Drew Timmy in a sense, right? You you want to see if they can stretch the floor. There's not really a, you know, a high demand for for guys that excel on like. Post touches, but like Timmy, he's a a really good passer, soft touch around the rim, and it's almost like Trace Jackson Davis. Also, right? you're so good in college basketball. Like, are you just sticking to what you're good at, or are you trying to say, well, hey, I want to show NBA teams that I can do this? And I feel like all three guys stuck to what made them really good in college basketball, and now they're going to use the summer to show NBA teams that they can shoot. So I think if Castleton is shooting the ball well in workouts, I think he can get drafted. I think he can easily be in someone's top 60. All right, who is the next player that you are looking forward to seeing?
1: Well, I think the last one on my list was uh, Antoine Davis. So we've we've kind of reiterated there's there's plenty I'm looking forward to see as a total basketball nerd. But the list I'd created, we've gotten to all of them. I'll, I'll list one more player that I, I'm curious to see how he fits in the NBA setting just because no one really knew about him. Uh, until March Madness, and that's John L. Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't really think he will declare or be picked, but I'm just curious to see how he fits with a, a setting of guys that are like him as opposed to feasting on uh, inferior players for most of the year and then bursting out on a big stage and really still having the same production. So I'm curious to see how he um, – I, I won't say like stands out, but I just want to see how he plays. Like does he still play the same game with uh, against better competition?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm actually still surprised that Elijah Martin didn't get an invite. Yeah. Um, I, I I'll write about that some sometime next week. I think he's someone that can really help a team. There's a few more guys on the list that I really want to, to to see. One is Drew Peterson. I like the fact that he's skilled at six nine. He can, I mean, he can pass. He can rebound. I think there's so many things that that he does well. Um. You know, just may not have like the the elite athleticism, but I think he could stand out in that type of situation. Other guys that I'm looking forward to seeing, I think most of them that, that you you covered. Um, there's one more person um that I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, and the last guy I'm looking forward to seeing, I feel like he's been on NBA radars for like the last four years, and that's Tavion Kinsey for Marshall. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal athlete, really good passer. I just think <laughs> he's a guy that he stayed around too long. And the longer he stayed around, it's like, there's nothing that he could do this year. That's going to like, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, they probably have over a hundred games of footage of him, but he's a phenomenal athlete. He passes. He, he just does a lot of things. Well, so, um, lastly, what is your thoughts on Tavion Kinsey? I
1: mean, he's a vicious dunker. If anyone wants yeah. just like a good highlight reel, um, I think Kinsey's the type of guy that will have to make his athleticism more functional to what the NBA wants, as opposed to like one man breaks that he was good at with a thundering herd. And he was the single-handed thundering herd. Um, I would, I would love to see him apply that athleticism and kind of squat build to becoming a defensive pest, like a two guard. And you can see the value for that in the playoffs as you're seeing guys go and hound the ball and, and it's become valuable. Maybe he can, Become a guy who's like an off the bench defensive pest with uh, an ability to push the pace. Uh, so I think there's a, a a avenue for him to crack the combine. But like you said, he's just has so much tape. You wonder what he can really change, or is he? Who he is he who he is? I can't speak today.
0: Yeah, 154 games, all at the same school. You know that's that's rare in today's climate. Yeah. This year he averaged 22 points, 5 rebounds, 5.4 assists, 54% from the floor, shot 40% from three, but it was only on 1.5 attempts per game. So he could be someone that really stands out. Well, that wraps up this episode. Next time you hear from me and Leaf, we will be in Chicago or maybe on our way to Chicago. Big shout out to each and every listener that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. And again, next week, me, Leaf, and Richard we will all be in chicago providing great i'm gonna say great because it's, it's us you know select so like on nba big board crew great coverage of the nba combine we will be able to give you intel of what's going on we'll be at the shooting drill so i'm looking forward to it and then we may have a locked on nba big board game of basketball i might even record it and post it on the youtube channel so i need to get myself in some shape and we'll see who wins
1: all right. I'm going Once to the gym today in preparation for it.
0: Yeah, I won't be able to make it today. But as long as we're playing one-on-one, king of the court, half-court, I'm fine. If it's up and down, then this, it's a wrap for me. All right. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow, Leaf Tulane, and we are out.